Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Inside Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. It's spring practice. That's right, spring practice. Clemson begins spring practice on Wednesday, and me and LeVon break down what you need to look for this spring on the Clemson practice field. We will discuss position battles and more. LeVon also tells us what it was like for him when he went through spring practice as a Clemson football player. But before we do all of that, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props and real-time odds on almost everything you can imagine, and of course, their 24-hour online casino as well. So, head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, BetOnline, your online sports book experts. All right, welcome LeVon Kirkland to the show, his show, as we kind of dive into LeVon's spring practice this week. It's it's crazy that we're to this point now in the year where now we're going to start talking about spring practice, which means we're, I know it sounds crazy, but we're a little bit closer to another season starting because when spring practice starts, that's the next step. Um, You know, it's recruiting, right? And then it's, um, and then it's spring practice, then it's the off season, and then we start the season up in fall. So um, I'm pretty excited about it. I don't know about you, man, but uh, first of all, tell me how excited you are. And then I would imagine you got some pretty good stories from spring practice with Coach Ford, which, you know, I want to ask you a couple of those because I can imagine what spring practice was like with Danny Ford. Yeah, uh, spring practice is coming along, and this is around that time. You're doing all those uh, wake up at 5.30 in the morning, and you're working out. And then when it gets to be like 9 a.m. and you get your 9 o'clock class, you're falling asleep. So, yeah, those <laughs> those spring practices with Danny Ford were crucial. They were brutal. It was something that you were ready to get over with. That's how tough those spring practices were. Yeah, so, there wasn't there wasn't twenty hour rules like there are now. Like you no, know, they can only do them for twenty hours a week. For you guys, there was none of that, right? So, how many days right. times? How many days did y'all practice, and how many times did y'all practice? Well, I think we only practiced. I think it was three days out of the week. We practiced on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mm-hmm. Usually had a scrimmage on a Saturday. So it wasn't like it was like you know every day, but those practices seemed to last pretty long. You know, they were definitely over two hours or so. So, like I said, they were brutal. They really were, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how I was looking forward to just a regular camp. Everybody thinks a regular camp is like the brutal one. It was a spring practice for us, man. Danny Ford was was kind of ruthless back then. This can anything that you can tell us on the record? <laughs> that coach Ford could do not not any I know off the record there's probably some stories there but on the record is there anything you can share I don't think I could share anything on the record it was strictly off the record stuff yes strictly <laughs> off the record <laughs> you can't talk about it it was like I said man it was it was not nice it really wasn't spring practice was 
It was brutal, man. I'm telling you, you, you never celebrated as hard as when that, when you do that spring game and it's finally over. You're just like, yes, I can be a little bit of a regular student, but yeah, spring ball was always tough for me. Yeah. So what, Matter of fact, what? I broke, I broke my hand my, my during my first year. I broke, I broke my right hand during that time. So I didn't really play in the spring game that year. I had a broke hand, but uh, the practices still were brutal. And sometimes you beg to practice because if you didn't practice, you had one of those like yellow shirts or green shirts. Huh. Yeah. It was like they were punishing you for being hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, um, yeah, it was a different day. Let's say it that way. <laughs> these, these players today, they don't realize how good they have it, do they? You hate to sound like an old fogey when you say that, but it's true. Players don't really realize how great they have it. And thank God for common sense that somebody stepping in and saying, whoa, 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 we can't do this to the student athlete. So that was pretty good that that came into play because, yeah, it would have been a rough four years for, for your boy. So, Darren, you said you look forward to the offseason. And so I'd imagine back then that the offseason wasn't like it is now where the guys, they're pretty much they're off for a couple of weeks and after spring ball's over. Um, and then they come back and start lifting weights. And then um, they're off for a couple of weeks at, at the end when graduation, all that happens. And then all of a sudden they come back in May, what they call Maymester now, right? Um, yes. They come back and they start working out again. And they work out pretty much throughout the summer. It wasn't like that for you guys, I remember, if I remember correctly. So what, what did you do during the offseason? Well, it all depends, man. If you were – if you didn't come to summer school, you didn't – you know, they gave you a packet to work out, hint, hint. But <laughs> if you wasn't really up there, you kind of miss it all. <clears throat> and you, you got to just hope you stayed in shape because if you didn't – if you, if you were not in shape, you had hell to pay. So – it was almost like it, it was like you had to kind of go to summer school to kind of get the workout program. So it, it, it's not quite as, you know, nowadays it's really organized. Mm-hmm. I think I think back then it wasn't quite as organized, but it was understood if you went to summer school. And, and summer school was a great way for you to kind of catch up in a lot of ways. So if you went to summer school, you pretty much had to do the offseason workout with the coaches. But if you didn't go to summer school and you just went home, you pretty much are on your own as far as working out is concerned. Okay. I'm sure that's not the case now, but back then it was. Yeah, I don't know if anybody goes home now. The voluntary um, workout, voluntary, you see what I'm doing here, air quotes, voluntary workouts now are uh, pretty much required. You stay home. I mean, stay in Clemson or where, whatever university you go to these days. It's not just Clemson. It's everybody, right? I mean, that uh, these guys, it's a, it's a full-time job. We've talked about that before, um, but that this is more of a full-time job than ever before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they make sure that they're, <laughs> they get a little return on their investment, per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think guys even go home now. And I remember when Clemson was brutally just in the summertime, it's just brutal. You know, it's just, it wasn't a whole lot to do. And it was, you know, on the weekends, man, it was, it was slow, very slow. 
But I, I guess now is a lot different. You know, there's a lot more to do. I mean, I can imagine, you know, the times I went back to visit Clemson, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing some school now. But, yeah, back then it was just a different game, different day. Well, let's, let's dive into this. Spring practice begins next Wednesday. Um, so that'll be if people are trying to figure that out. That's February 24th. Um, so it's <clears throat> it's interesting, LaVon, um, when I go into this spring practice, there's a there's a lot of things to look at. And I think for the first thing we'll start off with is on the offensive side of the ball. You, you, you know, mm-hmm. you got a guy who's got some experience at quarterback, but, he, you know, this is the now it's going to be his team and DJ Uyunglele. Um, and then you, you, you're, you're looking for a new running back. Uh, then, um, then you're pretty good after that. You got all your wide receivers coming back. Interesting to see how much Justin Ross actually does during the spring. Um, you bring back both tight ends uh, that played a lot last year, Davis Allen and, and, and Braden Galloway. And, um, and then you're, you know, you're, like I said, you're loaded at wide receiver with all the experience they have coming back. Even though you lose two guys in Amari Rogers and Cornell Powell, you saw E.J. Williams step up. You're bringing Justin Ross. Um, you know, Joseph Nangata is going to be healthy. Um, uh, so is Frank Latson. They're going to be healthy. And those are guys that all have experience. So it's not like they're inexperienced players. Um, so it's kind of like it really comes down to two positions to me. And I guess three because you talk about the left tackle position. What are they going to do there? But I feel good about the two guys that are going to play that out. And we'll get into that in a second. But let's look at the skill players. DJ – and then whoever the running back is, right? I mean, that's going to be really the story maybe of this spring to see how those two guys, those two positions do, right? Yeah, I think you always, quarterback is always a concern for you. You know, if you got a, a solid starter, you're going to always looking for that backup because, you know, all honesty, you never know what's going to happen. So I think, you know, making sure that DJ develops, but who's ever after him, how they're competing for the second uh, the second quarterback position and to make sure those guys are coming along as well as DJ is coming along. I think the running back position to me, that's going to be the most intriguing because you got a new, you got a new running back coach in CJ Spiller. And then also you got some guys that are coming back who's gotten a little bit of playing time, but you're wondering, is this going to be one guy who's going to be toting the mail? The whole, the whole time, or are you going to be doing running back by committee this year? So I think, to me, that's the question. And then you look at the offensive line, too. You know, are we going to still just kind of do our zone blocking, the RPO, or are we going to have some things in place where, you know, when we get into one of those games, can we go downhill and run the ball? So there's been a lot of uh, there's been some changes with the staff. It hasn't really happened before, so there's some changes there, and you just really wonder how everybody's going to really adjust. But I think you know, will DJ really take more command? You know, will he be the leader? You can tell he has a talent to do it. There's no question about that. I think it's just will he stay healthy, and now will he embrace that this is his team. Sorry, when you look at that, though, okay, how much of it is going into it, like, okay, the coaches say, you know, here's the fundamental stuff you got to work on, right? So you're going to have about, what, a couple days of that, right, I would imagine. And then you'd have a couple days of installation, I would imagine. And then is at that point you find out what he has, that this is his team, that he's taking command, and 
when does when does that occur that the coaches can see that progression? Well, I'm sure that in their imagination, that's what they want to happen, that he kind of takes control. But I think really, honestly, it's going to take the spring and then also just your, your regular preseason um, training camp or however you call it in college. I think it's going to take all that. I, I don't think you're going to solve everything in your spring. But DJ, the good thing about him is he, he did have some experience. He has some really pretty good games. He should be confident in what he's doing. From everything I've been hearing about him, I heard he's a tremendous worker, a tremendous kid. I, you know, some people are saying he has a better arm than Trevor. To me, that's yet to be seen, but he did look good <laughs> in the Boston College game and the North Dame game. So there you go. So I, I think it's going to be a little bit, bit, bit of a, prog um, a progress. We'll see. I think that. I'll be shocked if he doesn't come out of the starter. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, and I'm gonna use your air quotes. I'm sure there's gonna be talk of competition, but I don't think there's gonna be much competition at that position. Yeah, and I would imagine, you know, Tyshawn Pupachain would, would obviously be a guy. Um, and then they got uh, got a couple of freshmen uh, that'll come in um, as well. Um, you know, so there's some there's some depth in the sense of guys you feel good about that you can progress and would be in position just in case. Um, you know, it, uh, I don't think Clemson's in good a position as they were last year when you had Trevor and DJ um, right. at the quarterback's position. So, you know, there is a little bit of a drop-off, I think, in that regard. Because um, when you lose Trevor Lawrence and you move DJ up, you know, that's that's hard to replace a guy – like Trevor that was there and then now, you know, there's not a solid guy like DJ behind him. So um, that's going to be interesting to see what they do um, from that standpoint. Um, I guess the next thing to look at Devon for me is what will take place at running back. Will Lynn J Dixon take control of this position? Will, right. will, or will we see a Chesma Lucy step up and become the guy, you know, then you got a couple of freshmen. Will Shipley's in town. What's he going to do? What's the Moffa kid going to do? Who's who's uh, who they really like and they think can be a powerful back. The running back competition with six guys in there again. It's going to be interesting to see who comes out of that race and really takes command to replace Travis Etienne. Uh, there's no question about it. And you know what Dixon brings coming off the bench. He's been you know a great six man to say. You know he can heat up. He He's an excellent breakaway runner. But can he handle the rock on a consistent basis and be the man? I think that's got to be the question. And you do have some intriguing backups or some guys who are going to be competing. I'm really interested in the Shipley guy and what he's going to bring because, you know, you're hearing a lot of rumbles uh, from him out of high school, how good he is, you know, how polished he is. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can do once he starts getting in the mix, too. So I, I like the running back position. It seems to be really solid. You seem to have a lot of depth. And like I said, I think the biggest question is, you know, how would they look under C.J. Spiller? You know, and I think what people have to always remember, just because you're a great player doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great coach. How are you going to articulate what you know and what you did to those players. 
that I think is always the biggest story when you talk about a player, especially a all-timer that played there. Everybody's going to expect those running backs to be C.J. Spiller. They're going to expect them to play like C.J. And that may not be all the case, but it doesn't mean he's not doing a great job. And I, and I wish that I wish C.J. all the luck. I really do. I, I feel like he'll be a good coach. I think a lot of times it's just things you did as a player and how easy you did did it. Now can you explain it to someone that's not as good as you were? How is that going to, you know, translate as far as the communication is concerned? Because probably a lot of things CJ did, it was just more natural to him. He was just so gifted. Now you're going to have guys who are not as gifted as you. How do you adjust your way of doing things? Now, do you break things down in detail? Because now you're more so in a teacher standpoint. You know, you're not the doer. You're not the student. So I think that is going to be the more interesting thing. I think they have the guys who can do it. I don't think there's anybody better than Travis with what he brought to the table. There's nobody on the team that's going to give you that. So you shouldn't be looking for that. But can these guys be very productive? Can these guys make those first downs? Can those guys make those big plays? And like I said, you see it more in Dixon than you've seen it in anybody else. But it will be interesting to see who who kind of emerges out of spring practice in that position. Yeah, I, I like your C.J. Spiller point. I think that's something a lot of people really aren't looking at because we really don't know what he's like as a coach. I mean, this is right. his first time, and – we think he's going to do a good job. We feel that way, but we don't know how he coaches where, you know, you knew what Tony Elliott did, Like he's done it since 2011. You know, he was there from the beginning of the Dabo Sweeney era. And, you know, so you, you got that all the way through. And so there was a comfort yeah. level, if, if you will, with Tony Elliott there. Now CJ may come and take it to another Tony. level. Say what? And then, and then Tony coach, you know, he coached that farm and he coached that South Carolina State. So Correct. beyond his Clemson experience, he had experience before on a smaller level. Now you got CJ jumping up to one of the best teams in college football. And I'm sure that everybody's expectation is extremely high for him. So I think there's a little bit of pressure on him, especially if the running backs don't play well. People are going to be looking at him and like, what's going on as far as him coaching? That's going to be a, a big discussion. So I don't think it's so much the running backs that you have. It's really the coach that you have. How would he, is he going to be a good coach for him? You know, or how, you don't really know how the situation is going to go down. But I think for CJ, also him being in the NFL, I think that always kind of gives coaches like that respect because most players realistically or unrealistically want to be able to go to the NFL. So, like I said, we'll see. But I think that's going to be the more interesting thing instead of the players. And who's going to be the one, who's going to be number one, who's going to be number two, who's going to be number three. We're going to have to see how C.J. coaches them guys. And, and that kind of also goes into what success C.J. has is what the success right. the offensive line has. I mean, let's be honest. Last year, the offensive line, 
I thought digressed a little bit. I didn't, they, they didn't have as good a year as they've had in years past. Um, they averaged uh, like 4.8 yards per carry, um, which is, you know, you want to be around above five. You want to be where they were at, but you want to be above five. And then they only averaged 153 yards a game rushing or something like that, and which was like 11th in the ACC. And this is coming after a couple seasons where Clemson was number two or number one in the ACC in rushing yards. So that that's down tremendously, and that's with a guy like Travis Etienne, right? I mean, let's that's with one of the best running backs in the history of the Atlantic Coast Conference of the NCAA, and yet they still weren't as productive as they needed to be. Um, and now you throw in the fact that you know you lost your best ta- uh, offensive lineman in Jackson Carmen, who went on to the NFL. So now you got to replace your starting left tackle. Like I said earlier, I think I feel good about the two guys that are going to try to go over there would be either Jordan McFadden or Walker Parks. Um, I like both those guys. I think both of them are capable of doing it. The loser of that battle will probably be your starting right tackle. (laughs) So you're going to be fine either way there. Got some young guys that are moving up are going to kind of fill in those spots to be the the backups at those positions. Um, And then, you know, you got veteran guys back, you know, and Matt Bockhorst in the middle. Um, you're going to have a new starting center. There's that's, a, that's I think that's a place to look at. You know what's going to happen there at center um, with uh, let's see guys like uh, let's see um, Mason Trotter and and Hunter Rayburn. What are they going to do? Um, that's going to be a battle. They're also bringing in um, you know a, a a freshman that's going to come in. He's already on campus. That's going to you know highly recruited. So he's going to have an opportunity to do something as well. So that's a question mark and then you feel okay at right tackle i mean right guard um you know um you you got will putnam there he's a guy that's got some experience he played last year started pretty much every game there so you got some level of comfort there i think still think he can get better and will i think will will um but um so the offensive line to me is a big question mark despite the fact you bring in three starters back am i right Right. Well, I always think that offensive line, I think, is one of the tougher groups because all these guys got to work as a group. You know, you, you, your center's got to be on point with making these calls. You know, everybody has to be in sync. And that's when you can really tell if it's a good offensive line. When it's kind of a mixed bag, you're not quite sure. I, I think they're going to quite honestly, I think they probably struggle a little bit this spring because you're going against a defensive line that has got some experience, that is young, they're going to be much better. So your offensive line may not look that great <laughs> in spring practice. So I think that's going to be a concern. And I know they've heard the rumblings of that the offensive line was not – they were probably the weak link of the offense a little bit. So it will be interesting to see how Robbie coaches that and his approach and coaching those guys. And Robbie is out, Caldwell is an outstanding offensive line coach. And I'm sure if anybody can get it done, he can get it done. But I think they're going to struggle a little bit in spring. I really do. Because on the other side, you got a bunch of dogs ready to go. And now they got one year under their belt, so they're going to be much better. So, but the, the the shining lining to this is that if they get if they get better with this defensive line, they're gonna be going against every day. They're probably gonna win most. You know, they're gonna be winning most of those battles. If they could, if they can get better as far as the spring, and then also as far as the fall camp is concerned, then 
you probably see a, a team that's going to get better and better. But I, I think they're going to be interesting too. The whole offense is going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of has to be a lot of work done on that side. I like the point you bring up though that you know we may not see the result in the spring because of that defensive line. I mean, let's this is you, you made a very good point that those guys are really good over there and they're going to dominate and they dominate really good offensive lines. Um, right. One that's inexperienced and is trying to find some depth and things of that nature. Um, they they should have the edge. You would imagine they'll have the edge all spring and probably all fall camp too. Um, so right. we really, with that, we're probably not going to find out anything about this offensive line until that first game of the season against Georgia, I would imagine. Um, and that's not going to be an easy test either when we get to that point. So. That's not going to be easy at all because you, you can say what you want to about Will Muschamp as a head coach in South Carolina. He's a pretty capable defensive uh, coordinator. Mm-hmm. And – Georgia has been having some really good defenses of lately, especially in, a, in you know, the very start. They usually play pretty well. So I, that's going to be a test for the Tigers. It really is. And, man, you don't really want your offensive line to just be kind of inexperienced when you're going against a defense that's going to be good, a defense that's going to be hunt, hunting. So for Clemson, that offensive line, man, that, that's going to be key. But I don't want people to panic when they go to the spring game and they see, like, wow, this offensive line is getting dominated. <laughs> you know, well, you got to think about who's coming back on the defensive line. I yeah. mean, every every guy is coming back, and those guys were basically five-star, all-caliber guys. So, and then, like you said, when you miss somebody like Carmen Jackson, you don't have a, a true veteran that's been in there that maybe can calm things down. But we'll see. I think the key point to any offensive line, though, is just how the center is going to be. Mm-hmm. If the center's a good leader and can carry that team, usually the offensive line kind of follows suit. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really is. And, and one more thing on the offense, and then we'll switch over to the defense. Um, you know, we talked about skill players. We really don't know what Justin Ross is going to do during all this uh, because I would imagine they're going to use him the same way they did Mike Williams. Uh, when he came off that Nick injury um, a few years back in 2016, where they kind of went easy with him in the spring, kind of let him, mm-hmm. you know, ease back into things. They didn't put him in contact drills or anything like that. I don't think you're going to see uh, Justin doing any of that stuff. And you won't see him in the spring game. Um, so, fans, if you're listening, trust me, you're not going to see Justin Ross. So, don't think anything of it if you don't see Justin Ross. Uh, that's just part of the plan. They don't want to risk him getting hurt at all right now. Uh, he'll be back in the mix more so when they get into fall camp. Um, so um, that's going to, you know, you're going to interest to see what Latson and Nagata do. They're going to have an opportunity to get some reps um, mm-hmm. and, and show what they can do again and how well have they come back from injury, right? Because they were out most of the year last year. Um, and then the tight ends with Tony Elliott. This is the one I want to watch, this position, because I think Tony Elliott's one of the best coaches on that staff. And I'm talking about coaching ball, actually getting guys to understand it. And he's so smart and intelligent and the way he can uh, break down things and how analytical he is, right? And so I can imagine Tony, as soon as he took over the tight ends, he started breaking down film and what these guys do good, what they don't good, and situational stuff. And I bet you he's going to have it all ready for them to coach him up. Um, And I think, me personally, this is going to be great for Clemson when you've got the talent that they already have with a Braden Galloway and a Davis Allen, right? I right. think this is going to be a great spring for them. And, oh, by the way, 
their position coach is the guy who calls the plays. That's going to help too, right? Well, I always say that a, that a tight end is a quarterback's best friend. If a quarterback's in a tight situation, usually if you have a good tight end, you can get out of those situations, throw something short, let those guys use their ability to get first downs and keep moving the ball down the field. So I think also it's going to help Tony to recognize what he has at the tight end position. I think Clemson probably has the best two tight ends in the country. Now, I don't know everybody, but those two guys are very good pass receivers. And I think he's going to see it from their perspective a little bit more. And he's going to use those guys a lot more, I really do believe. And for DJ, man, they're, they're going to be easier outlets. I don't really see a lot of linebackers and safeties matching up with those guys. Those guys are going to be really tough to guard. So, yeah, I think that the tight end position is going to really be an upgrade. You're getting an upgrade in the coach, and then you also have two capable guys in Galloway and Allen that we already saw that what they can do when they get the ball in their hand. So I'm excited about that position. I think you're right with a Justin Ross. If you're a Clemson fan and you're looking to see Justin Ross, lower your expectations because – He's not going to be out there. You can't really blame the coaching staff for doing that. Now, I think you kind of monitor kid and see how he's doing, what he's comfortable in doing. But Justin Ross is such a good wide receiver, and you saw what he can do. So it's not really about can he produce. It's about him getting better and healthier. You, I think with Justin, you can work on a lot of technique. You can work on a lot of routes. And you can help him get better that way as far as individual drills. You definitely want him to do individual drills. But anything that counters contact, no, because you've seen him in a game and you see what he can do. And most likely, if he's healthy, he is a big-time weapon. He really is. He's And then with the Williams kid that I really like a whole lot, and then you got Lassen. Uh, and Joseph, and I think those guys are capable capable wide receivers. I, I think you haven't seen what Joseph can do. I think that guy is a player. But, yeah, I, I like the wide receiver group. We, we should be solid. And, we, you know, we can't forget Spectre either. I mean, Spectre is probably a pretty good little player. I like Spectre. So the wide receivers are going to be loaded. Uh, I think, you know, you're just going to have to worry about your offensive line, really. you you got capable running backs. you got a capable quarterback. As long as you can keep them upright and healthy, the Tigers are fine in a lot of positions. I think the offensive line is the question mark that everybody probably has. We want to take a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether a rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to get your pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's Authenticity guarantee your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it always protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. 
Go to ebay.com backslash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selections. And then we'll move over to the defensive side. Um, and, and so this is interesting. Um, they bring 10 starters back, um, 11 if you count that uh, Simpson, he started three games. Uh, so he's got mm-hmm. three games of starting experience. So you could somewhat say 11 starters are coming back. Um, that's an interesting dynamic that I don't think I've ever experienced as a sports writer. And I've been doing this now, you know, 24 years, LeVon, and I've never, I've never been around a team that brought pretty much everybody back in college. I've seen yeah, it on yeah. the NFL side, you know, I, I've seen it, um, maybe on the high school side, but I've never seen it on college football. It's just, it's, it's just super rare what's happening this year. Of course, the, the new the NCAA allowing the waiver that allowed a couple guys to come back for six year and Nolan Turner and James Gowski, that was helpful at all for Clemson. Those are two guys they thought they were going to have to replace. Now they didn't have to. Uh, so Xavier Thomas, he decides to say, hey, you know what? I got more to prove. I'm coming back for my senior year. Um, that's that was somebody I don't think Clemson fan this time last year thought would be coming back this year um, and then I don't think they they thought they were going to get the production I think they thought okay Brzee and Murphy were going to be good don't get me wrong I don't right. think they realized they were going to be that good right out of the gate and yeah. so you bring all that back and then you got some young guys on the back end that are now more experienced and you get Deion Kendrick back who you thought was probably going to go pro he decides to come back um, then you throw in Andrew Booth and his freakishly athletic ability and the things he can do um, on the other side at corner, you're kind of set in position, right, LeVon? This defense can be probably as good as any Clemson defense we've seen under Brent Venables. Right. And actually, you have seen this situation before. You have seen it. After the Gator Bowl, we only lost one guy. Um, oh, yeah, that's more. right. Uh uh, James Lott was already kind of like suspended. So we how did really, y'all do that next year? We really, uh, we're number one defense in the country. <laughs> and so I'm saying that you actually have had this scenario in Clemson before. Mm-hmm. I think with the guys you got coming back, which you basically got all of them coming back. I like Mike Jones, but I like Simpson better. I think he's more capable of making plays. If you're looking at, uh, he's not Isaiah at, in He's not Isaiah, but he's a very capable guy. Uh-huh. Very capable. I don't really think you miss a lot uh, as far as Mike Jones is concerned. Mike Jones was just going to be an experienced guy. But I think Trent was going to take his spot anyway. So so you really, you know, not to get down on any kid, but Mike Jones, Trent Simpson, mm, yeah, I'm going to go with the seventh kid. I think he's a little bit better. And then, you know, I think really for for our defense, it's really about getting better, being better technicians, being better tacklers than what we saw in that Ohio State game. The Ohio State game was really hard to watch, especially for two defensive guys like ourselves, because there were some fundamental things that were wrong. Guys just wasn't tackling. And you think about it like, man, this really caught up to – the Clemson Tigers. It really did because, you know what, you saw it all along. You saw it throughout the year. They're missing tackles. They're making big plays happen, but they're winning games so convincingly, you're kind of like, hmm, okay, no big deal. 
But then when you play against a team that's on your caliber, you have to be a very good, disciplined, tackling team. And if you're not that, it will catch up with you sooner or later. It may not catch up with you in the ACC, or it may not catch up with you in Notre Dame because there's still a gap between Notre Dame and Clemson at this point in time right now. But if you're talking about winning a championship against a team like Alabama or Ohio State, you're going to have to be a lot better in tackling than you were. And then you're going to go against Georgia, who's going to be a high-caliber team. So if I'm looking at Clemson from a defensive standpoint, I don't think you're looking at scheme. You got the players all back. You got to develop. You got to keep developing your depth. But the starting the starting eleven should be really good, real experience. They should want better than what they did. And if I'm Brett Venables, I am trying to get them to start thinking about being on that championship level every single practice, every single game. So the guys that are behind them will understand what, what it's like to play Clemson defense. And I think you've got to reestablish that because I think some of that mystique was lost against Ohio State. When, uh, you know, it's like uh, Rocky told Mr. T in that second fight in Rocky three, you ain't so bad. You ain't so good. You ain't so tough. That's what you kind of saw from the Clemson defense. So they got to get that swagger back. And I think you work this this year in spring about setting that standard of what Clemson Tiger defense and why everybody feared them, you know, throughout the years. So although you're bringing everybody back, can you play on a high level all the time? So, so in your metaphor that you just used with Rocky, Clemson was Rocky – the first time they played, Ohio State was Mr. T the first time. And so yeah, now Clemson – that fight was. Yeah, so Clemson needs to find uh, Apollo Creed and, and get him to train him. Is that what you're telling me? And get, get everything back yeah, in man. line. Get him back in line, man, because they got – do you see how bad Rocky looked after that Mr. T fight? I did, yes. Gee whiz, I thought he was going to kill him. I mean, like – I mean, he was black and blue. How in the world you get from that fight? And a lot of times, when you get beat up like that, man, it it tests you. It really does. And now you got to figure out: Are you going to lay down, or are you going to come back fighting? And you know, playing against Wake Forest is one thing, but playing against Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama is something else. So, so I think that. Brent Venables, you got to light a fire under this veteran team, everybody coming back. And they can't listen to how good they are. They got to go out there. They got to prove it each and every day. And then also with your veteran guys, it can't get old to them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What Scousey and Turner are going to find out is, man, they're kind of older. And are they going to be able to maintain that energy that they did when they were young? And I think that's the interesting thing. When what happens if the coaching starts to go south and things start to go south? You're an older guy. You're supposed to be getting along on life right now. You're supposed to be past this moment. Now you're still stuck in being a young adult with a bunch of kids. They're gonna be like kids to them now. Can you handle that as well? So although it seems like, man, on paper, it looks great. But, but in reality, will it be great? 
Hey, you know, coincidentally, the um, Eye of the Tiger song was from Rocky Three. So Clemson, Clemson uses that song all the time. <laughs> we should have played it more. I, I didn't understand why we didn't play it more. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. It's a great song. Um, Survivor, by the way, in case you haven't heard it out there. Of course, most people probably listen to this have heard it because they're our age. Um, <laughs> you know, so. Um, but no, um, real quick before we get out of here, though, the thing that's interesting, you said, okay, the number one thing the defense needs to work on is tackling, right? How do you correct tackling? You're, you're a former defensive guy, your defensive coach. How do you correct tackling? Well, I think a lot of times it's just technique and lack of joint, a lack of, I don't know, I, I won't say courage, but I always think that tackling is a want to, but it's also technique. And a lot of times you see head, you know, when a guy jumps over somebody, it's usually because his head is down. The guy is looking at the grass. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. If a guy head is up, there's no way, you know, you're gonna have guys hurling over guys. But usually guys go in, they kind of duck their head. So I think really I would kind of go in there and every guy you kind of if you can do it, you kind of look at all the tackling they miss. And you sit down with them and you, you talk about the technique and what you want them to work on that. Yeah, we do tackling every day and you can do it every day now because you got the you got the 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 foam got the foam roller guy things that you can tackle with now. So you can really tackle without using pads. And I think it's really about breaking down each and every guy technique. Look at I would go back. And I would get my I would get my tech guys, my film guys, to bring up all the mishaps. And I think you can watch that individually, uh, as a you know as a as a team as a as a player, or you can watch it as a group. And now you can really harp on why tackling is such a such a a fundamental that you gotta do. Because sometimes, you know, you go through tackling guys that just kind of have doing it. Now you can really harp on, you know, why tackling and being a good tackling team makes a difference. So usually it's a technique flaw in some way or another. Uh, guys are trying to knock guys out so they don't wrap up. Or guys sometimes don't have, you know, maybe they, they're looking down. Maybe they're just not, you know, seeing their target. Maybe they're not chasing the guy in from inside out or really, you know, taking away their hip. You know, there's usually a, a bunch of things that you can look at and see why tackling is good. So, if, you know, it's not me, but if I was if I was in that coaching staff, man, I'm trying to look at all the missed tackles and really harp on that because, you know, in that, that Ohio State game, there's a bunch of missed tackles in that game. Mm-hmm. A bunch. And a lot of it was just techniques. Yeah. So I, I think you go back there and you preach on that. You harp on that. You harp on being a, a great tackling team with the guys we got coming back. There's no reason why they shouldn't be a great tackling team. Now, I know it's a different time, um, different time than it was um, back in the day when you tackle because you guys pretty much tackled almost every day. Now they only tackle once a week during the season. Right. And then, you know, during camp, they don't tackle. But I think three or four times. So I don't know what the rule is for spring practice, but I'd imagine Dabo Sweeney and Brent Venables are probably going to probably as much as they can that the NCAA will allow them to to get all those tackling in because the more you tackle, 
you get used to doing it, the better you are. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, and you got to look at it too. I mean, COVID was a little different as hard how, you know, fall camp went. And mm-hmm. tackling is something you do have to practice on. You really do. It's something that you have to rep because you can't just do it, you know, just on the streets or anything like that. It's just football always, no matter how long you play, you still have to get used to it. You know, you have to get used to the pads and, you know, the hitting, the wrapping up. You, you know, it's, it's not a sport that you can do and just, you know, go out and work out. I mean, a lot of guys do that. But tackling is is a test of the your technique and it's also a test of will. Are you going to be able to stick your head in there? If you're a strong safety and a running back is coming at you, are you going to be willing to make that tackle? So I think it's a teachable moment. I really do. I, I don't know how much they tackle either, but I think you got to find a way to make it a priority mm-hmm. because what happened the last time you played was not good. It was not a good representation of what uh, Brent Venable's team usually brings to the ta- table and what the Tigers have been traditionally on defense. Well, man, that's uh, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, by the way, before I get out of here, happy belated birthday to you, buddy. It was your birthday yesterday. Just a uh, happy birthday, man. I hope it went well. And I know you're going to talk to your daughter yeah. here later, so I hope it all went good. Yeah, it, it went well. I, I I can't complain, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm 52. That's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> You're 52, I man. I, you know what? I, I still got some of my boys' looks, so it's all good. That's but yeah, 52. Yeah, I remember when I could just run around. I can barely got a bed now. So <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> instead of them working on the vaccine, can they work on something that makes your body a whole lot younger than what it is now? Now that was sale. I'm not talking about the stuff at GNC. I'm talking about the good stuff where your your body can can uh, bounce back. They need that. If you I'll find, take that, yeah, I'll take that vaccine. Huh? If, if you find it, please let me know. Now, a lot of my friends will probably say, "Will, what are you talking about? You're fine, you know." Um, but um, hey, look, I'm like you. My body, I may look like I'm younger than than I am, but my body. Definitely doesn't feel like I'm younger. So your body tells a story. <laughs> the body tells a story. You know, before we leave, I, I did see something about bicycling and all the doping that they did. Jeez, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. But uh, yeah, they need to do something. They need to find something to make you younger. I'm looking for that drug. Whoever yeah. gets that drug, they got me. So. They got me too. That I'm not a big fan of drugs and fact and vaccines and all those things. But but I will jump into that and say if it extends my it makes me look younger than I look now, I I'll definitely take it and uh, we'll ride off into the sunset with that. You know, so um but hey Levon, we gotta get out of here, man. I know you got things to do, so I'm gonna let you roll, buddy. Thanks thanks again, man. All right, we thank everybody else for listening and please keep downloading our podcast and um subscribing. We do appreciate it. Leave some comments, let us know what's going on. Uh, for LeVon Kirkland, I'm Will Vandervoort. We'll see you next time on Inside Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.